You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. This is Claire. And this is episode 156. This episode is sponsored by Four Athletics. Fourathletics.com, you guys. We are super excited that they are our sponsor. They sell clothing. Who doesn't love clothing? And we have been talking so much about their products because we, whenever we wear them, we're like, oh my gosh, this is so soft. And it kind of goes, they're the same, kind of the same as schmoosh, 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 And so we think you guys should try them because they're a lot less expensive and, and you're supporting you're supporting such a wonderful brand and such wonderful people and yes. you'd support the podcast at the same time so they have tanks they have men's clothes they have awesome men's pants they have shorts they have they booty have shorts they have crops the tank tops are to die for so that's for athletics f-o-u-r athletics.com f-o-u-r athletics.com the discount code for Girls Gone Wild listeners is GGW. That's GGW. That gets you discount. Dead, if you that, will. That gets you a discount and lets them know that we sent you. <laughs> Guys. Claire had a long, really day. Yeah. a long day. So we're all on a phone call right now. So you're going to hear a lot of voices, one of which is Sarah Pierce. Sarah is back on the podcast Hi, this week. Sarah. Yay. Hi. You can hear her sweet voice on episode 116. So we first interviewed Sarah back, I don't know, in the fall. And yeah. we're we're back because we want to talk all about nutrition this time. So thank you guys for uh, putting up with the phone call. We all kind of had to reconvene and, and uh, work out our schedules. And Claire was in Vail all day, right? You were yeah, adulting. I was, in, I was a, do- a big adulting. adulting Claire's, so I adulted so hard today, Claire's, guys. Claire's <laughs> transitioning into the adulting world in, like, the oh, biggest way. So hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Working mom life is like a whole new level of just all the time exhaustion. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't imagine. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I was up in Valse, which is like about not quite two hours away. And so, I had to meet my coworker at like the parking ride at 6 a.m. Oh. So, I was like hair done in my like business clothes, <laughs> in my business costume. Dang. <laughs> yeah. There you go at 6 a.m. It was. Me at 6 a.m. is like rolling out of bed on the floor and pulling my sweatpants on and like oh. trying to comb oh, my yeah. hair with my hands as I drive to work. <laughs> I am like the opposite of a morning person. I could not be left yeah. a morning person. And it is it was bad news. She was like, all right, so we, our first meeting is at 745, so we're probably going to need to leave at like 6. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really a morning person. And she was like, okay, well, I'll drive. I was like, that's not really what I meant. <laughs> But okay. Oh, anyway, that's right, Matt. So, Sarah, so, yes. Sarah, give us a little bit of a bio. Tell the listeners who you are, if they forgot, or if they, ha- you guys can hear all about her in depth in episode one sixteen. But give the listeners a snapshot of you, Miss Sarah. Yeah. So, um, I've been coaching CrossFit for over eight years, um, CrossFit and strength and conditioning, and I owned two CrossFit gyms for over seven years here in Northern California. Um, coached volleyball at the high school level for three years. I coached gymnastics for five years. And then I've been programming um, for my clients, uh, both at my gyms and then kind of independently with my own business for about seven years, nutrition and strength and conditioning um, training for them. And I started my own company, Lift This, Eat That, um, about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. And it's basically just kind of an online um, way for me to reach out to people and, and expand, um, my reach and, and not have to be, uh, limited by the very small town that I live in. Um, so I'm able to reach a lot of people that way. And, um, I went to Sonoma State University. I have a double bachelor's degree in biochemistry and physiology. 
and I'm level one and level two CrossFit certified, Olympic weightlifting certified, and then um, nutrition certified through NASM and then also through CrossFit. Um, and then I'm just a, a regional competitor from the NorCal region. I go and try to have fun every year. And uh, grid is uh, my other sport that I participate in, the National Pro Grid League. I'm on the Los Angeles Reign. Um, and it's that's basically like a team racing version of CrossFit. So uh, and now I coach at three different facilities um, up in Northern California, and uh, that's what I do full time as well as running my business. So you're not busy you're at all. Gracious. No, not at all. <laughs> so, like, no. And oh wait, there's more. Oh wait, there's more. Oh wait, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. Oh, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> So we reached out to Sarah recently. We wanted to have a conversation because as you guys all know that we did Working Against Gravity since December. And we both stopped doing that, uh, gosh, a few months ago, a couple months ago. And and we had a really good experience with it, but we also felt like the conversation needed to keep going. So we knew Sarah was really into um, flexible dieting and coaching and nutrition Mm -hmm. coaching and coaching in general. And so we reached out to her to see if we can just keep this conversation going and kind of dive into it just a little bit more because a lot came up for me personally and also for Claire and I just... I feel like it, it, we left our listeners hanging, um, especially yeah. too, because this was a really big deal for me. And I know for Claire too, um, mm-hmm. coming, coming off having a baby and going through this postpartum. So I feel like this was something that we really wanted to dive into a little bit more, not to go all strict and, you know, be rigid about this diet, but really um, the whens and whys and hows. Um, and I felt like we felt like Sarah was the perfect person for this. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then we're also going to offer our listeners um, some of her programming. Um, and she is uh, um, willing to work with some of our listeners. Um, she is a one man show right now. So we, we can't have like 50 million people emailing her. But we'll <laughs> tell you guys more about that at the end and what that looks like for you guys if you want to reach out to her and use her services. So Yeah, and I also just kind of like quickly want to say like when it comes to working against gravity, you know, we talked about them a lot. We never officially were working with them. You know, I know that we interviewed Adi on the podcast as well. And we did have a great experience with them. I think the thing that was tough, that was tough moving forward with that and that we kind of struggled with in terms of kind of, you know, like roundabout promoting it was just that there's a really long waiting list is very expensive and it was not something that was very approachable for a lot of people. So reaching out to Sarah, um, you know, we really wanted to try to find something that not only, um, you know, to have Sarah kind of become like our, our sort of in-house flexible dieting and nutrition um, expert, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also to feel like we had a, a program, um, and just, you know, like a, yeah, a program that we could kind of more directly bring into the Girls Now Wad family and actually feel like, okay, we're setting our listeners up with something that is more accessible. They're not going to be on the wait list for six months and you're not going to be paying, you know, a second rent to try to get this nutrition <laughs> yeah. um, program set up. So that being said, why not you kind of, I guess our first question is sort of, why flexible dieting? What What is it about flexible dieting, about the macro approach? Kind of how did you get started with that? Right. Yeah. So basically, uh, I literally tried probably every diet you could think of. Um, kind of growing up in the CrossFit community, I tried the zone diet. I tried paleo. I tried South Beach. I tried pretty much everything you could imagine, just eating clean, um, weighing and measuring my food. And um, things never really stuck with me just because I never really... Um, 
saw the results that I wanted or I would plateau really quickly, especially with kind of the, like the paleo thing. Um, I had no energy to train. And so when I started to really get competitive, I realized just from talking to other people that that really wasn't working. Um, and I just started to see like the trend um, going that direction in terms of people figuring out that it, it is really about caloric intake, but more precisely, it's about um, how you partition your macronutrients and not necessarily, and by macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat is what I'm talking about. And not necessarily like counting every calorie and counting every gram um, that can get really obsessive and actually unhealthy, but really just focusing on um, meeting your body's needs depending on the person that you are. So everybody obviously has a different metabolism, has different genetics. They store body fat differently. They burn body fat differently. They build muscle differently they work out differently. So I started kind of looking into it and the if it fits your macros kind of approach is really cool. Um, and there's a lot of companies that do it in terms of um, basically what they're doing is they're they're doing a caloric intake equation for people. So they're determining um, how much how many calories somebody needs to intake a day to function, but then also to support their physical activity, um, whatever that manifests as, as a sport or just going to the gym and working out. Um, and so I kind of found that people were giving a lot of these bigger companies were giving people this very cookie cutter kind of here's your numbers and I calculated this based on your age, height and weight and really nothing else specific about you. And I actually experienced it myself. I kind of wanted to um, become a nutritionist and start working with people and did a lot of my own research. But I tried a couple of the different companies that do that kind of thing where they just give you kind of a framework or a template that's based on very limited information. And I had some kind of bad results from it, um, mostly because I just underfed myself, I think, and lost a lot of muscle mass and just realized that it needs to be a very individualized approach. So what I do more so with my clients, um, is a little bit more in depth. I try to find out, you know, how much exactly what your activity level is and and what your metabolism is like and and give me an idea of your body fat percentage and and a lot of um, information that maybe isn't taken into account um, when working with people who just kind of do the if it if it's if it fits your macros thing. Um, and I just started to figure out that athletes and 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 people who don't work out are obviously drastically different and need very different um, macronutrient um, needs and so it just giving somebody a calorie prescription is not going to work most of the time and it's going to result in probably some body fat loss but a lot of it tends to be just tissue loss in general so losing a lot of muscle mass um, I've seen a lot of people like waste away so my motivation was I, I want to help people because I kind of experienced different things myself and I want people to always be living the best life they can, whether that's competitively or not. So I kind of work with everybody across the board in that respect. So I think like one of the big questions that we tend to get is, okay, this approach seems so all or nothing and it also seems very intense. Like, yes, you know, you're you're counting everything that goes in to your, you know, or almost everything that goes into your body as just sort of like the everyday athlete, do the benefits really match the effort? You know, is this really right. necessary for somebody who's really not looking to be a competitive athlete, who's maybe just trying, you know, to continue to incrementally 
get stronger and get better in the gym, but doesn't really have any like super specific goals. So how do you kind of approach, and I think that that probably sums up the majority of people listening to this episode right now. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So my approach is a little different in that I have kind of tiers or levels, um, the way that I, I run my plans for people. And I basically ask in the very beginning when I'm first consulting with somebody, I ask them to be really candid with me and tell me, like, realistically, are you willing to put a lot of effort into this and be a little bit, um, you know, really strict with yourself, but um, be make this very, very much a priority as in your food prepping probably every day or at least a couple days a week. You're um, weighing and measuring, you're, you're entering things into an app. Like, are you really that serious about it? And I don't come at it from a judgmental point of view. I just want to know, like, is that something where you have that kind of mentality? Because there are a lot of athletes um, that do. And there are a lot of people that come from maybe like a military or law enforcement background where they kind of thrive under that kind of environment. Um, or just people that are just, you know, very meticulous and they love that kind of thing. But there are a lot of people that obviously don't, they have lives, they have things they need to do. Um, and being able to just have a little bit of structure goes a long way because what I've found is it's mostly just education. Like what I, when I start to work with somebody, it blows their mind when they actually realize like how, little food they were eating or how much they were overeating or, um, you know, how, how carbs are not the enemy or how just learning different things, how they need to fuel their training, whether that's just going in and running on the elliptical for 30 minutes or whether they go in and do, you know, three hours of competitive CrossFit training. And that's the mentality that I want to make that I want want to make that shift in people's mentality. So in the end, it's not really for me about oh my my God, you went over five grams of fat at the end of the day, you're going to die. Like you obviously you're going to wake up 10 pounds heavier tomorrow. Like that's not, um, I don't agree with that kind of style. And that's why a lot of these bigger companies um, tend to be a little bit impersonal. And um, a lot of people kind of will, there's success for sure, but people will get frustrated because there's no personal connection to, um, and it's just like a lot of, um, a lot of rigid structure. So I really try to work with the individual and say, hey, if you can't give me this really, really rigid structure and be very meticulous, I'm just going to give you some numbers and some ideas about portion sizes and how to how to fuel your workouts. And we're going to try to go about it that way. And it becomes more of a dialogue between me and the client instead of like, okay, you're checking in with me like once a week and hopefully you're losing weight and this is how you're eating and just follow it. Um, It kind of becomes like, um, more of like a friendship where I care about what happens to that person and I care about um, their results and if they're struggling and they need, you know, to text me in the middle of the night to say, hey, I woke up and I really want to eat, you know, Oreos because they're downstairs in my pantry. Uh, I'm kind of there to support them and, and walk them through it a little bit. So I guess that's the difference is I just, I really try to individualize it to the person instead of just giving them a cookie cutter formula that may or may not work for them. So then like, you know, do you feel like that approach, so, you know, for example, I'll choose myself as an example, you know, like I'm not, and you know, you and I obviously have been talking about this, but um, I'm not really at a point in my life right now where I necessarily know when I'm going to be working out or, Mm -hmm. you know, I might start like yesterday, this happened. I started the day being like, okay, I'm totally going to get a workout today. You know, by the end of the day, it was like, oh, my call went over at the end of the day. It looks like I'm not going to get that. You know, just whatever it is, that inconsistency. Mm-hmm. In terms of that commitment level and everything, you know, do you still feel like – I just know like for myself going into this, I've 
and going, you know, when going into WAG and just when I think about any type of program like this, my mind is very trained to go into this like all or nothing mentality right. of like, and I, you know, I know that that's not a very healthy thing from my, from my standpoint, but also is it possible and have you had people in the past who are still able to see good, consistent results, even with a like crazy inconsistent life? <laughs> yeah, because again, it kind of what I do is I, I kind of teach you, you know, what you need on certain days, depending on what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be a super rigid schedule. So it can be as simple as are you training or are you not training? So the days that you're training, this is this is like the not the amount necessarily precisely of, of carbohydrates that you need to eat, but you need to eat more carbs on the days that you work out and you don't on the days that you don't. And so it's like those kinds of things, just integrating that into your lifestyle and changing those fundamentals makes a huge difference for people, even if they're not individually tracking every calorie or every macronutrient. Um, it really matters. And, and understanding that you have to fuel your workout and you have to recover with the right the right food afterwards and and there's things during the workout that you should be doing um, those changes alone which are easily controlled because you're going to the gym to work out so you that part of if you do and so that part of your day is planned and so bringing food with you just becomes part of that plan um, making those changes alone ends up being huge for people because mm -hmm. it's not even just about, okay, you're eating less or more calories and your body is, is burning more efficiently, your body fat and you're building muscle better. Great. But just the fact that you go into your workouts and you feel a hundred times better again, whether or not you compete or you do CrossFit or you just go to the gym or you run or whatever, you go in feeling so much better that you can push so much harder. You get better results just from your workout mm -hmm. because you're changing the way that you eat. Um, and you're changing your mentality around food. So that alone is successful um, in all of my clients because it yeah. makes them understand like, hey, I realize now that I was like way under eating like on training days. And that's crazy. Like even regardless of how much precisely, it's just the fact that I wasn't even eating carbs and I'm going and doing a CrossFit workout for two hours. Like that's crazy that, that people kind of um, they realize that and it changes like their body, but it also changes their opinions and feelings towards food, which is probably the bigger thing for me. And I think that's what I went through. That's what I experienced yeah. was when I was going through even just signing up for the program that we initially started with was I really had a resistance to counting and tracking and all that because I was like, oh, it just felt icky to me. And then yeah. I really saw it as a roadmap. And once I was really into it, I thought, wow, this is really good information. And I'm taking it as that. But what I didn't like was there, there did seem to be within the community, like on our Facebook page, we were like in a Facebook group. And again, this is not a reflection of WAG. This is not a reflection of the program. It's a reflection of just like people talking and it's like social media in general. Like I could say the same yeah. thing about just Instagram comments. So crazy but, people but, out there. But what it turned into was a little bit like the you couldn't escape the guilt or the shame of like, oh, my gosh, I, did, I didn't eat something I was supposed to today. And I'm like, oh, my God, who cares? Like, yeah, like nothing against I but that's but it was like everyone's shame and guilt was just like vomiting all over this page. And yeah. instead of I mean, and of course, there was tons of tons of moments of support. And that was amazing, too. But 
look, we're human and we tend to gravitate towards the criticism, gravitate towards the shoulds and the woods and the, um, I, you know, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Or, oh my gosh, I'm going out to dinner tonight for a birthday party. What do I do? I'm like, have the damn birthday cake. Like it's yep. like, this is life. Right. And so it kind I could see the leaning towards where I was first going, wow, I have all this great information. And I feel like I finally have a roadmap for how I should be fueling my body because CrossFit and, and sport, not sports, but CrossFit and being active is very important to me. That's just a huge part of my life. So the why for me is that I'm fueling something that is really, really a stress reliever, a community builder, something I'm very active in in my personal life with <laughs> that, you know, all of those things were, was my why. But then of course, as we're kind of seeing this flavor of the community going out and being critical was when I was like, hold the phone. Yeah, this is this is not the direction I really want it to go. But I felt myself being pulled into that. Yeah. And it's simply not sustainable, like that kind of mentality of that's not that's like a diet, like a crash diet. kind exactly. of mentality. And the changes that we're trying to make is like a lifetime, a, a lifestyle change. It's not it's not a oh, well, in 60 days, you're going to go back to eating the way that you were before, because this is so stressful that you literally just can't even imagine doing it every day. And yeah, I see that a lot. I see forums and things going up and people obsessing and people, people going kind of in this weird direction where you know, they, they want to cheat so bad on their diet, but they can't. So they eat this like garbage, like non-fat, sugar-free, yes. chemical-filled crap. Yep. And it's like terrifying to me that people are, they're glorifying it and like making this like huge deal about how they sat down and instead of eating like an organic piece of cake or whatever, normal piece of cake that was maybe not that good for them, but not full of all these insane chemicals that I can't even pronounce. They're saying right, they're eating like this. Homemade. <laughs> yeah, they're eating this. And, and they're and those things do matter. I mean, that's kind of, um, you know, I, yeah. I want to promote a clean, healthy eating lifestyle. And that's and that's where my focus is, is not paleo, but it's, it's clean. Like I'd like you to not eat really weird things that like an animal wouldn't eat. Like that's kind of strange to me. And that's really, um, that's really uh, prevalent. I saw as well. Yes. Very yeah. prevalent is like these weird, like non-food foods. Yeah. So, so I guess the question is how do you practice that with clients and how do you really encourage them? Cause when I think about this too, there's a temptation to say, well, how long am I going to do this for? And yeah. you automatically want to put rules and boundaries around it. And yeah. uh, and we got to go back to that thing of this is not black and white. And no. life is about being flexible. Whereas it's yeah. ironic that this is flexible dieting. Um, it has the word diet in it, which yeah. automatically triggers people. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we're saying it's flexible dieting, but then we put it into this rigid way of thinking. Yeah, it's not very <laughs> flexible. Yeah. And I have people come to me with different goals. So that's another thing too, is, um, if they have a very specific goal, like, Hey, I really want to lose like 30 pounds, or I really want to look like this picture, how I used to look, or I really want to fit in these jeans, or I really, I mean, people have, you know, all different reasons why they started these things. Some people are, I want to go to the CrossFit games. I want to do this. I want to be able to run a 5k and I can't because I don't eat good. Or there's so many different reasons that people approach me. And so I, I really try to base it, um, on the individualized goals, but also it's kind of like, well, we can set like a, an end range for this in terms of like, all right, three months, this is our goal. But 
for me, like, and I make my clients agree to this, like, this is not something where after three months, you're going to be like, okay, like, I'm just going to go back to eating the way I was before, because now you're educated. And that's my whole goal with training people with programming for them, is I want to educate people so that they can live a better life. And so just simply being able to do this for a couple of months makes people more aware of what they're doing. So when they go out to eat, you know, they can say like, wow, I normally would have gotten this much food and that's like excessive and gluttonous and not necessary. And I was doing it on a regular basis and we all live life and we all have moments where that's just something that we need to do and it, we're human and, and I encourage people to, to do that when, when it's it, fun, you know, exactly. Like, like you got to live your life. Yeah, Like you go out and you have fun with your friends. Like Claire and I, yep. when we went out that one night with all the girls and we had like the best meal and guess what? Like that, that to me is way worth it. You're not sitting yeah. there going, oh my gosh, that was a horrible time. It's like, look. Well, and I also feel like in so a way, it's like, it's easier to enjoy those moments if you know that in the rest of your life, like things are pretty dialed in. Exactly. And so you don't have to worry about one night or, you know, one weekend or, you know, one whatever it is. In the grand scheme of things, you know, like the rest of the time, I have this yeah. in. So, like, this one girls' weekend is not going to make or break my life. But I think that it's so easy to get like that, like, kind of the wrong flip side of that of like, well, I'm so dialed in all the time. If I step outside of this line, that's exactly right. Then, yep. Yep. like, you know, everything's going to crash. Everything's going to go to shit. And yeah. that's, and that's what I think is the biggest problem that I see. Is yeah. people are like, and but that's what I loved about what I've gotten, and I'm excited to keep going with this, Sarah, because you know you and I have been working together now, and we're going to start this journey with you. Is yeah. is to get more information, and that's really yeah. all I wanted from the get go. And so yeah. now I know that you know if I eat certain things on this day, or if I eat certain things at this time of day, I'm like oh, this is how my body reacts. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's almost like a mini form of biohacking, where yes. you know now I know that wine doesn't really affect me that much in like a way that I thought like oh my gosh I can't exactly. I can't have wine anymore I'm like oh yeah yep. I, I can and it's totally fine like and it's yep. delicious <laughs> and it's yep. delicious and it's delicious exactly um and what I found too is that when people I mean if people have like um you know some serious health issues that they really need to correct and and being strict for three months helps kind of cure them of those ailments or helps them really lose body fat that they you know, they were in a, da a dangerous health situation. I find that um, after that, it, it obviously becomes much more relaxed and people can, people can know that they can go away for a weekend to a wedding and go a little crazy and have fun with their family and friends and then come back and they know that they can, that they can go back to their healthy eating habits that are not crazy restrictive and and, and, you know, weighing and measuring every single thing, but they know what's healthy versus maybe what's a little gluttonous and not necessary. Um, and so they can kind of say, okay, I had that fun weekend and now I'm back on track for the week. And that doesn't cause any kind of like yo-yoing or anything crazy. It just keeps your body in this kind of homeostasis where it, it can go back to, you know, being fueled properly for workouts or just being fueled properly for your day and feeling healthy and having, you know, good gut health where you wake up in the morning, you don't have like a nasty stomach ache and you don't yeah. feel all gross and bloated and nasty. Just having the ability to recover from a weekend like that and having the knowledge to know like, hey, 
once I'm done with this, I can go back and, and feel fine for the rest of the week. Yeah, like, like that's it's back to your, your home base, right? Yeah, Like there's exactly. really no end point. And I think that's, no. that's a dangerous place to kind of be like, well, it's restricted forever. And we have, you know, what is the end point of that? That's not a good yeah. end point. An end point is like an ongoing ups and downs. And yep. like for but for the most part, you've got, like Claire said, where you have it dialed in. Um, yep. Okay, so Claire, do you have the next question queued up? Yeah, we had so many, so many dang questions. Yeah. So we've kind of, um, we've kind of been touching on this, but I know you've worked with clients who come from disordered eating backgrounds, and sometimes yep. like such a structured diet can bring up anxiety or control issues surrounding food. Um, so you know, how do you kind of work with those people, and how and we've kind of you know just been talking about this a little bit, just kind of more specifically. What do you like? You know, what do you focus on with that type of a client, and how yeah. can people kind of work with those issues? Is there a different focus to kind of bring them over to the side of like this is to be a tool to use to learn about your body versus this is to be a tool to restrict or control your eating? Yeah, I have a very very specific examples. I've worked with many clients who have eating disorders, and they come into it letting me know that, um, and so. I'm pretty, I mean, the way that I differ again from these kind of bigger companies is that you'll get like your, you'll get your template from these companies and you'll have your numbers and basically you weigh in and, and they give you a little feedback as in, okay, I'm going to change your macros or I'm not, but there's no like personalization that comes with it. And I really feel like food and health and diet is such a personal subject that you can't just give somebody numbers and be like, have fun. Um, don't, uh, you know, eat yourself into whatever, like don't turn into this like super neurotic person that doesn't know what to do when they go out to eat. Like there's no connection made because I did, again, my, my own experimentation signed up with one of those bigger companies and, and did my own little three month thing. And there was no interaction whatsoever. Like there was no, I mean, I don't even think that the person that I was working with, like knew who I was by the end of the three months, they would just kind of get my email and be like, cool, got it. Um, with my clients, I form a connection that's needed. So some of my clients are really self-sufficient and they just kind of are like, all right, I'm going to do this. I've got the discipline. I'm going to go. If I need you, I'll reach out. And then some of my clients really do need me on a daily basis. And I worked with a woman, um, for about six months who was really, really struggling mentally with, um, her body image and her eating. And she tried all these different things and she was really nervous about signing up and, basically what I said is we're just gonna we're gonna take this like day to day and when you're out somewhere because she ate out a lot and that was her issue was kind of being out she worked a lot and she had to eat out and I would say like all right I always have my phone on me and you're gonna write me whenever you're at a restaurant and you're not sure what to eat and you're concerned you're gonna send me a picture of the menu and I'm gonna tell you this is a good option this is a good option go for it and kind of reassure you that way so that you're not doubting yourself And then when you're feeling like you really have cravings for things, you can text me and I'll give you kind of some recipes of things that might be, you know, a little lower calorie or some good alternatives so that you're kind of getting those needs met, but you're not feeling like you're derailing the whole thing. Um, And then just constantly encouraging, like people get really, really obsessive about the scale. And my big thing, yeah, my big thing is like, I tell people like, I want you to weigh in simply because 
for me, that's data. Um, but I, I need that like once a week just to kind of see what's happening with your body because I can't be there. Right. But I also want pictures and I want measurements because that's going to tell me much more than your scale does. And I try to be really clear, especially with the female population, the female uh, clients that I work with, is it's so there's such a stigma about like you have to weigh a certain weight on the scale at a certain height. And if you're the, it's just like my clients do learn as well. Like, wow, the scale is not changing, but I am changing. Like, that's, what's crazy about about body fat loss is like, especially, especially if you work out, you're going to gain muscle and it's heavy. Like muscle is heavy. Like I know that. that. I feel like just like your hormones, the way things fluctuate, like the time of day, anything, everything like we have, you know, we've gotten a lot of comments from gals who joined, wag or have tried flexible dieting on their own and um you know once again like great experiences for the most part but you know when you're when people go from having not weighed themselves for a long time to weigh themselves every single day well there's a lot of anxiety around like I've been hitting my numbers and I gained three pounds yeah and it's I, even that it's like a pound people like lose their minds oh yeah and it's like yeah. you know I, like I can gain three pounds over the course of a day like yeah. I can weigh myself in the morning and weigh a certain, you know, and then like the, at the end of the day, weigh three pounds more. Yep. And like I have to remind myself, there's literally no way that I overate by 10,000 calories today. No. Which is what would have to happen for me to gain three pounds. Yep. And basically what I tell people is like what we have to worry about is like a, a swing of like 10 pounds in the course of like a day. Like that's where we're like, okay, something's going on with you. Yeah, and that's I'm where not, like you maybe know, you need to go to the Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I but I have edema. But exactly. But over time, it's kind of like what I what I tell people is like, I don't I I don't want your weight only like I don't want you to just be sitting on the scale like every day. I once a week will check in with that. But I want plausible things that I can see. So I want pictures of you in the same outfit in the same lighting in the same room so that you can see the differences yourself. Because the problem that people have, especially with these like three month long diet plan kind of things, is that they don't take any pictures. They're looking at themselves and every day they're adapting to what they're, the changes that are being made in their body. They're visually literally just going, okay, I'm not any different. I'm not any different. Like day to day, their mind is just adapting to this kind of new form that they're taking and they're not seeing the changes that they would if they had a reference point. So three months yeah, down well, the line, if happens you have anything, like I look yeah. at my, like I look at miles and I'm like, God, you look the same. And then like somebody else is like, Oh my God, he's, he has like five new teeth. And he, exactly. I'm like, even those kinds of things you don't see, yep. let alone on yourself. Yeah. So it's important like that, that with my clients that I'm, that I'm there in the capacity that they need me to be. And, and for that, per, for each person, it's completely different. Like, like I said, that woman that I worked with for six months, she, now she's doing great, like lost all the weight that she wanted to lose and has those like basic habits ingrained in her. And, and I don't feel the need to like continue to take her money because she's figured it out. Like that's my whole goal is I want people to figure it out on their own once they once they get to that point and they can feel like, wow, like my whole mentality has shifted and I can move forward with my life and just know what's what's better for like my good eating habits versus bad and and being healthy and and living my my everyday life and not obsessing over food. So 
like I said, just being as supportive as I can be and being there for my clients on a personal level and not just being like the faceless email that you send data to once a week. Right. <laughs> right. I want to know a little bit about, I think this feels like a mystery to a lot of people is how they get their numbers and how you calculate their yeah. numbers. And so I don't want to go too far into the weeds with this, but just overall, what are the, maybe the top two things that you see when someone starts to eat according to your plan, according mm-hmm. to the macros you give them, that it's not working. Yeah. You know, so, um, so kind of maybe do a, oh, wow, this is really working for someone. And and I think what people need to understand, too, is how it's so important for you to get that data because everyone is so different. Yep, totally different. And this is this is where the, the goals come into play as well. So I have people that reach out to me that want to lose body fat. I have people that reach out to me that are already lean that want to gain muscle. I have people that want to do both. I have people that simply don't care about body composition. They just want to be better at CrossFit or they just want to be better at marathon running and they know that they need to fuel their body properly for that. Um, so the, ca- the, the kind of caloric equations that I use to determine intake is completely dependent on the person, the data they give me, and then obviously their goals. So, um, you know, basically there's several different formulas that you can use. Um, they're all based on the principle of energy balance. So energy is being used up or expended throughout the day and, um, it should be equally consumed to maintain your weight. So you should consume the same amount of calories that, um, you're burning to kind of maintain any kind of homeostasis. And then weight loss would occur when your energy intakes lower, um, than what your energy output is. And then conversely, it would, um, weight gain would happen when your energy intakes greater. And, and it's all again dependent on um, body fat percentage. That's current, like current body fat percentage. You know how many hours you spend a day or minutes you spend a day working out, but also walking around on your feet. Um, your basic kind of uh, functioning, so your body uses, so your resting energy. Um, that's something that's that's taken into account. And then it's kind of um, the the person that. Uh, you know, if they have a goal that's very specific in mind, that's like, all right, I want to be this percentage of body fat. Um, I basically, from the very get-go, I want to give them um, an initial uh, kind of calorie prescription that allows them to be in homeostasis where they have improved energy levels. They feel um, good. They feel like they wake up and they're not tired. They feel like they can perform with, again, whether it's in the gym or running or walking their dog or whatever it is, they don't feel gassed. They don't feel like they have no energy. They don't feel like they can't recover. They don't feel too sore the next day to like even move. Um, those are kind of our initial, like, all right, we're doing good when that happens. Um, and then at that point, again, depending on the goal, if we start to see muscle mass gain, that usually happens like two or three weeks into it. Um, if we, as we start to increase calories and start to increase the macros, um, the way that, that is designed for a kind of mass gain program. And then same thing with losing body fat, the first, first week. And when you say gain muscle, are you just basing that off of pictures? Pictures, measurements, but also strength numbers. So I really, when I have somebody on a mass diet, so they're trying to, um, or just eating more calories so that they can build um, muscle mass on their body, my goal is to see their strength numbers increase, see their size physically increase. But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes people don't 
physically increase in size, but their numbers go up. So their back squat, their deadlift, their whatever it is, bicep curl, like whatever their sport is, um, you know, their hundred meter sprint time decreases. So whatever it takes to kind of build that muscle mass, that's evident from those numbers because, um, they're getting stronger. And so it doesn't always mean a massive increase in size or like a noticeable difference, but that sometimes well often does come along with it. So that would be something where, you know, I track that and kind of, I put it into a graph and, um, watch their muscle mass and, and the path that it's taking hope, like trying to keep it essentially just constantly elevating to the point where they want to be at, whatever those goal numbers are, if they have a competition or something like that. And then for body fat loss, it's the same thing. Like the first week, it's kind of not trial and error, but we really are trying to figure out like, where can where can we get you to where you're just feeling good and we're not making you gain weight lose weight we're just finding that kind of homeostasis and then from there we can start to very gently chip away at your intake until your body your metabolism starts to respond and then we really physically see changes so we see you know changes where um, the body fat centered on somebody in their abdomen or, or the back of their arms or their thighs or things like that, they can physically see the, the, those areas start to, um, basically the muscle mass underneath that, that is, that's pre- prevalent in everyone starts to show through. Um, and that would be, again, just kind of the success that we're looking for each kind of week to week. And then from there, if somebody kind of stalls out, meaning things stop, um, progressing or changing your metabolism is constantly adjusting your metabolism is trying to keep you alive so it's constantly adjusting and it's constantly um uh reaching homeostasis and then and then changing and so uh i constantly have to make changes to plans for people but it's very easy for me to do that and then that all they have to do is make a very small change to kind of continue seeing the progress that they're looking for. And I think patience is a huge piece of this too, where it a hundred percent is <laughs> people want to do things too fast or what have you. Yeah. And so, um, talk a little bit about someone had a question about reverse dieting as well, what that is. And if you use that with everyone and what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, I mean, I basically the way that I kind of have people do this is, um, it's, I don't put people in a deficit and then increase their calories. Um, I definitely start out, like I said, at a homeostasis and I tell people you need to be patient. You need to give it a week. You need to let your body, um, kind of come to this balance. And then, um, basically we're going to gradually, yeah, we would increase if they were on some sort of mass diet. But if I'm having people, um, try to lose body fat, I'm not going to drop their calories in the toilet and then just gradually raise them up to a point that they need to be at. Um, I'm basically trying to find, uh, the, the, it's not a super delicate balance, but the, the difference between maintaining your current body mass and then, um, being able to shed that body fat is a little bit of a fine line. And so it does take patience on the part of the client to ch- kind of trust me. Um, yeah, because I've and, heard a lot of feedback from people too that they're like, oh, I'm eating so much food. Yeah. When they first yeah. start. Yeah. And it, and it definitely is because usually people I find more often than not are under eating. And so when they, when they finally find the amount of food that they should be eating to kind of maintain a healthy, um, uh, whatever their, current kind of state is they're shocked by how much they have to eat um but at the same time it's not anything like unreasonable you know it's it's just something that you have to adapt to your body adapts really well when you um when you are again patient with it but um 
going well, from that Well, I think, too, moment. like, coming out of this mindset of, you know, like, the last – I think most probably the people who listen to this podcast have, are, have moved out of this mindset. But I know that a lot of us in the last maybe five to ten years have, you know, bought mm-hmm. in that, like, well, if I'm going to lose weight, I have to eat – you know, I can't be eating more than 1,200 calories. Yeah. You that's know, and scary. So, yeah. It, but, I mean, like, you know, it still takes – like, it just as – has kind of like drilled that number for some reason. Like where did that number come from? But it's been so prevalent in like messaging you see about weight loss that it's Mm -hmm. hard to believe, you know, we had so much feedback from people being like who who tried WAG and, you know, I've seen amazing results. But at first they were like, or who have not even just WAG, but just flexible dieting. Yeah. But amazing results. And at first we're like, can I really, is this really going to work? This yeah. is so much food. Like it's yeah. just it's counterintuitive. Yep. And so that for me is the same thing like working with those bigger companies, you'll you'll get people that feel that way and that's where all those forums came from. Like because people didn't know what to do and they didn't have anybody to like talk to, like what's happening? Like why do I feel so full? Why do I feel bloated? Why is this happening? And so they started talking to each other on the forums. Well, the difference there is that none of those people that they're talking to have any knowledge base. So they're kind of just like riling each other up. Um, For me, it's like my clients, I encourage them to talk to me on a daily basis. Like, let me know when you're feeling like I'm too full. I can't eat this. And those are things where it's like, I don't want you to feel like you're going to eat till you throw up. So like, you know, those, the, the companies that kind of do this macro thing and they they get people on these forums people are posting things like um i i didn't want to eat anymore but i literally ate until i was like almost vomiting because i knew that i like had to finish like my calories and so i and when my clients write me like hey i feel like sick to my stomach i can't eat this that's when i need to take a look at what we're doing and and augment things for them because i don't want to just say well you just have to do it yeah because that's like, almost suck like suck it counter- up and yeah do it's like it. counterintuitive and then you're not listening to your body no, you exactly. Know? And that's yeah. that just doesn't feel good either. Yeah, and so I'll give people alternate and that's why I ask for food logs. Like most of these companies, they don't ask to see what you're eating. They just kind of say, All right, like do your best. And, hate your numbers. Hate your numbers. Yeah. And what I want to see is like, what are you eating? Because some people might have a food allergy that they're not even aware of, or they might be intaking so much volume because they're trying to get carbohydrates from a source that's just too voluminous. There's just too much of it. They're eating kale till they're gonna like puke. Right. Like, those are things that have a hundred grams of carbs in romaine lettuce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like those are things where Good I'm like, okay, luck. well this is why this is happening. Or like people will be like, well I'm right, a because you're trying to eat so six heads of lettuce. Exactly. Or like, I'm a vegetarian, I'm getting all my protein from beans, and I feel super bloated and gross. And I'm like, well, <laughs> let me explain that I to you. Think and I might have the answer to your question. Yeah. like, I'm always on the toilet. You're like, well, yeah, I hate my life. Okay, well, let's to make some changes. So those are like, that's the purpose of the food log for me to make sure. And I tell people that three days is mandatory. But then after that, like, like sending it to me for three days. If you want to send it to me every day, it's so motivating to kind of say, look, this is what I ate. And this is like, you know, the, the types of foods that I, that I stuck to and I was a clean eater and maybe I didn't hit my totals and they were off, but like, look how great I did. And that's like the kind of thing where I can give them feedback. And it's such like a positive feedback loop that there's like much less likelihood of them quitting 
because it's kind of like they have that support system with oh, me. Oh, yeah. It's super motivating. Okay, last couple questions. Mm-hmm. Talk about alcohol. We had a couple people ask what your thoughts yeah. are, especially for the people, because I think this gets into that fine line of professional athlete versus just a regular crossfitter who wants to enjoy wine and there's a lot of um different kind of opinions around alcohol you hear a lot of different things in the media about wine being good for you and then the next day it's terrible for you and the next day you should drink two glasses a day because it makes you burn body fat yeah same with coffee yep it's like different every day um basically what i kind of Uh, equate it to is I I let people know, you know, if you have really high intensity kind of workout regimen, you're really taxing your liver all the time. So cortisol is elevated in the blood for CrossFitters and people who do really high intensity exercise, the stress hormone cortisol. And it's, it's a fat storage hormone. It wreaks a little bit of havoc on the joints and on the muscle tissue. And it's not a great hormone to have in the body regularly. And it, it tends to be elevated in people who do a lot of high intensity exercise. And part of the reason that we, that I program carbs around your workout is to really manage those cortisol levels but they stress out your liver. And so what I kind of try to just educate people on is like, hey, if you're going to, you know, do a CrossFit workout and then go home and drink like a bottle of wine to yourself, you're doing a lot of damage to your body. So it's like, I, I want you to make sure that you understand like the ramifications of your decisions, obviously. Um, but if it's like a glass, you know, here or there, a glass a night, or, you know, you do every other night, you go out to date night or every have a glass of wine, it's calories. I'm not going to tell you to count them. They're basically, um, alcohol is processed a lot different by your body than, than other macronutrients. It's kind of like its own macronutrient. It's, it's like nine calories per or seven calories per, um, per gram, um, of alcohol. And, and it's again, processed a little bit differently. There's a little bit of sugar or carbohydrate in depending like if it's beer or wine that you're, that you're drinking or intaking. But what I basically tell people is like, Hey, if you're going to have a glass, it's, it's kind of on me. It's on, it's it. Don't worry about it. It's not going to throw things off. <laughs> um, if you have a glass of wine, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and weigh like five pounds more because you drink a glass of wine. Now, if we have an issue where we can't stop drinking alcohol, then that's kind of like, you're putting your body at risk and, and there's a lot of other things that need to be considered. But, um, yeah, I, I, I try to encourage people. This is your life. You you need to within reason, enjoy the things that you like. I mean, that means I don't want you to go grab a box of double stuffed Oreos every night and eat them. Um, but I, I want you to enjoy things and I want you to be conscious of what you're doing to your body. So if you drink wine and you wake up the next day and you feel horrible, let's stop doing that. Yeah. And I think (laughs) it goes along with everything we've been talking about tonight too. It's just, it doesn't have to be black or white. One or the other, you should not feel guilty because you have a glass of wine, but you also shouldn't be drinking, you know, two bottles a night or one bottle a night or every night or whatever. Sitting in your, like sitting on the floor in your closet by yourself with a bottle of gin. Yeah, so yeah. I think so. I think it is kind of that, that might be a warning sign. That place yeah. of life is meant to be enjoyed, and this is not something exactly. that should be restrictive. But it's also no. aligning with our goals and being happy with yeah. our goals. Let's do kind of one more little question, and then we'll kind of dive into you know what Joy and I are working on, and, yeah. um, and we're starting to run out of time. But you know, this whole time we've really been talking about kind of your approach and all that is amazing. But there are just some people out there who you know, whether it's not in the budget or it's just not their commitment level is, is just not there to work one-on-one with someone. If -hmm. someone is trying to calculate for themselves, where would you recommend that they start? 
there are some websites that, then this is the problem is it kind of like depends on where you go, like the macro prescription or the caloric prescription that you're going to get. What I recommend is if pe- honestly, to, to be totally honest, if people listening have questions and they want to know, you know, I need more information, but I can't necessarily like afford to have you make meal plans for me. I want to give people information. So if they, if, I would encourage you guys to reach out to me and, and ask me your questions. Obviously, if you reach out to me and you say, can you give me a meal plan for free? <laughs> I, I may or may, I, I've done that in the past, but I may or may not do that for you. <laughs> but I will definitely give you the information that you're looking for if you have some questions. Because I feel like what's more necessary than, than dialing in an exact macro prescription is mm-hmm. understanding what you should do on the days that you don't exercise or you have low activity and what you should do on the days that you do exercise and how you should eat around those times. Because again, making those changes, it doesn't have to be, it's 42 grams of carbs post-workout. Like it doesn't have to be an exact number. There's Mm -hmm. some kind of like very, very open-ended totals that we can talk about that people should be looking to hit. Um, But if you really want to go into it and you really want to figure out Um, what your intake should be. There's a couple different equations that you could do yourself. There's a website that people really like called uh, ifitfitsyourmacros.com. It's like I-I-F-Y-M.com. And I know people have definitely had success with that. And you put in some basic info um, about your body and about your workout workouts and how how often you work out and it kind of spits out some numbers for you and you can always experiment that's what's kind of cool about your body is you can experiment and see what works for you if you have the kind of wherewithal to do that um you can track your macros using my fitness pal like plug things in and and kind of experiment play around um but there is very specific kind of equations um that you can that you can look up um online but they're different again kind of depending on the science that you're that you're the where you're coming from um like the school of right, thought sort of that particular you're coming from. brand so, of macro yeah, accounting exactly yeah and the, and it's again all dependent on like your most of them go by height weight some do use body fat percentage age and then activity level um, and gender. And so that's kind of taken into account. But I would just recommend honestly reaching out to someone like me who wants to talk to you about nutrition. And and from there, they can kind of say, okay, well, I really want a very specific macro prescription, then I can kind of point them in the right direction towards a, a website or an equation. But usually it's just they want more information. And I'm always willing to answer questions because I'm always on my phone or my computer <laughs> anyways. So I love talking to people. So I encourage all you guys listening, just reach out to me, like, you know, send me an email, just, just whatever, reach out to me and, and let me know like, Hey, I have questions and I need help and I'm more than willing to help people. Yeah. We'll yeah, give everyone your email. So, um, at the end, but why don't we dive into really quick what you are working on with Claire and I and what we talked about because you're going to offer you're going to offer different levels or you do offer kind of different levels of interaction with people as far as how far down the rabbit hole they want to go and how much coaching they need so kind of describe your approach with Claire and your your approach with me and just really quick like two minute version (laughs) yeah so what I've done is basically for for you guys is um, kind of a middle ground so there's like the very kind of basic basic package that I offer which is like 
what a lot of these companies offer, which is like, here's your totals and this is what you're hitting and here's how to hit them. Have fun. Like, you know, I, you can definitely reach out to me and talk to me whenever you have questions, but that's for somebody who's super self-sufficient. They really understand nutrition and they're kind of like, I just need to know my totals. Um, I don't encourage that for people, but again, I, I base it on the individual, what I recommend, but the other kind of other end of the spectrum would be very, very structured meal plans in terms of it's structured to your specific schedule. So people lay out their schedule for me, um, either weekly where, because their schedule changes all the time, or they lay it out because it's the same all the time. And then I make them meal plans either weekly or monthly based on their schedule. Um, and then that can obviously change as their life changes. And so they have to kind of, we have to work on the fly together a little bit, but, um, just focusing on this is what your meal should look like at this time of day. Um, this is when you should eat next. This is when you should eat after that. You know, this is when you train. So you should eat this before you should eat this during and after. So what I've kind of done with you guys is a middle ground. It's kind of like, um, I've given you some, some numbers that you should try to be in the ballpark of on rest days and, um, days that you don't work out days that you don't do a lot of physical activity and then numbers you should be in the ballpark of, um, on days that you do work out. And then I've given you guidelines about, um, where those macronutrients should be partitioned for your training days. So exactly where to put carbohydrates and, and a, what a workout shake should look like if we have one during our workout. And, um, and then the rest of the day, kind of how you should get the rest of those macros in, um, just a general guideline. And then it's kind of like from there, you guys are um, make, just making sure that you're staying in that ballpark. Um, so that's kind of the middle ground that I've done with you guys. And that's what I recommend for people who really feel like, Hey, I have a busy life and I, and I really don't feel like obsessing over it. So I'm just, I'm just going to do this middle ground and, and, and it generally works out pretty well for people. So, yeah. And it feels good. It feels like a good conversation, especially just having that, Hey, this is the ballpark. So that's Mm -hmm. full disclosure to our listeners. Claire and I are working with Sarah and we're also, Um, again, Sarah is offering some packages to our listeners. She again, can't take on 50 million people, but for the first five people that reach out to her, she will be giving discounts to girls gone wild listeners. Um, you can reach her at Sarah Eileen Pierce at gmail.com. That's S A R A H E I L E E N P I E R C E at gmail.com. She's also on Instagram. The number three, Sarah Tops. That's Sarah with an H. Three. Like Triceratops. Sarah yeah. Tops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get people reading that sometimes and they're like, I don't get it. Yes. Triceratops. Three. I know. Three. And, and I just I just wait for the light bulb to go off and eventually it does. But sometimes they're like, okay, I don't get it. Well, and I like of course the story. I, Tell the story. Because yeah. isn't that your what your mom used to yes. call you? Yeah. So my favorite movie when I was growing up was Land Before Time. And I probably like watched that movie till the VHS tape broke. Um, And so my idol was Sarah the Three Horn. And um, her name was spelled C-R-A. But I thought she was the coolest thing ever. And I wanted to be her. So I would like run around my house like with my fingers on my head, like horns screaming because that's that's what she did in the movie. (laughs) My mom, my mom started calling me Triceratops because... I was just obsessed um, and I had everything Triceratops, like Triceratops sheets and Triceratops lunch boxes. And I was like in love with it. So that's kind of always been something people have called me. <laughs> so cute. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Bull so, yeah, China shop. <laughs> that's amazing. So does she, 
Sarah email, let her know we sent you, you know, you guys can work together to kind of figure out what um, might work for you guys. If you are interested in joining Joy and I as we um, continue the journey, Joy, the ongoing, yeah. flexible, Dramatic. loving journey. Yeah, and I'll do a I'll do a wait list system too, just um, for people who like if there's five people that reach out to me, but then like two more right after that, I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, you missed the cutoff. Like you guys will just kind of be put on um, the list for next week, and so you'll be top of the list. And then if you know three more people um, come the next week, that'll be the the five. Um, for that week and so just because yeah, so, you miss the five doesn't mean you're not going to be able to talk to me <laughs> yeah and keep an eye out on our social media we'll kind of like be keeping you guys posted about um you know what sarah's availability is and we'll be posting that on facebook so lastly we are going to have sarah come in uh, probably monthly at this point just to check in and see how it's going and see how our listeners are going and we can also get feedback from listeners who are working with you sarah and we can just keep talking about this because i think it's really a good discussion to have i love talking about health i love talking about fitness i think this is really important for us to be the healthiest and feel the best but i just want to make sure that we don't take it to the extreme of like feeling guilty just because we're like yep. trying to find the balance of enjoying life too. So, mm-hmm. so I love it. I love it. I love it. And if you guys have any questions about how to reach Sarah, you guys can also shoot us a message and we'll point you guys over to Sarah. You guys make sure you support our sponsor for athletics for athletics.com. The discount code is GGW. We're on Twitter, Instagram, we're on Snapchat, GGW podcast. Sarah, are you on Snapchat? I am, but I don't understand okay. how to use it. <laughs> That was us six months ago, and now we're like addicted to it. So we're gonna People have to snap me, and I'm like, uh, oh my gosh, do. it's so funny. I kind of figured out the filters now to where I can make my face do really oh, weird, scary so stuff, good. which is kind of fun. But <laughs> okay, we got to get you hooked because we're yeah. like officially 16 years old using this thing. So yeah. <laughs> Yep. So we're at GGW Podcast. Sarah, stay on the line as we sign off. And listeners, again, you can go to girlsgonewadpodcast.com and find us there. Listen to our episodes. Please leave us a review on iTunes. That lets other people find us. So please subscribe and leave us a review. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.